You're Gonna Meow Podcast Network. Quinn, is he the new messiah or a demon from another world? I know nothing about politics, Senator, but I do know about magic. What the hell was that? Oh, man. That sounds awesome. I want to get into that. Well, before we do, we got to intro ourselves, right? We got to intro the show, even though I'm sure you all know who we are at this point because you love us so much. Everybody, welcome to VHS Vengeance, the podcast, the show where two, today, three, Cold Schluck movie nerds call through the wastelands that is the Goodwill bins, the back of vintage stores, garage sales, and free boxes to find the best, the worst, and the best of the worst of all those forgotten VHS classics and finger quotes. I'm Nick, uh, co-founder of Films Against Humanity and the VHS Vengeance live show, and I am joined forever and always as my good buddy, Dave Lowry. How's it going, Nick? Pretty good, pretty good, and even better, because not only am I joined by you, but I am joined by my other co-host of the aforementioned VHS Vengeance Live Show, Michael Garcia. Hey guys, thanks so much for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Well, not only have we wanted you to be on, but you are—you have to be on because you're the inspiration and the entire reason for the season, or at the very (laughs) least, the reason why we're doing Harlequin today for the episode. And so we are very, I'm super happy that you introduced this into our lives, Michael. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're happy. This is a movie that I've loved for uh, about 30 years now. I uh, saw it back in the uh, mid 80s. And uh, in fact, I've got quite a story about that. If you'd like me to dive into that right now. Yeah, yeah. But for, would I like, would you have liked it if you had known it as Dark Forces or AKA the Minister's Magician, because that's how it's known in the rest of the world. And I think that would vastly hurt this movie. Well, that that's one of the fun facts here, because when I did originally see it way back in the 80s, it was As Dark Forces, the oh. American title. God, what a boring title. Why would you change it from Harlequin? You might have like unexplained things. Yeah. Like it's just Bad lame. stuff. Yeah, I, I think the name, they, they might have thought it just had too many syllables and letters for American audiences. Uh, that's like chain the Philosopher's Stone to the Sorcerer's Stone. Like, Americans won't get it. They're just not smart enough. Yeah, so philosophy? We just, <laughs> philosophy? Uh, Harla... Harla uh, uh Harley Davidson's? <laughs> Harley Davidson's magic movie? We got ourselves another biker movie? No, no, no. Just Dark Forces. I see lightning on the cover. That's badass. I'll watch it. And uh, you did. You did watch it. We did. And there was not lightning on the cover of the uh, tape that Ooh. we had, we had uh, rented. So I, I think maybe I should just jump into yeah, that yeah, yeah. story now. What? Tell us. Okay. Um, I actually saw this movie back in about 1987, 1988. In that okay. window, I was a kid of the 80s. And I was in high school, and I was an 80s goth, as was my uh, handful of friends we hung out with. And every Friday or Saturday night, we would uh, head out to the dance goth dance clubs, uh, do a lot of psychedelic drugs, acid mm-hmm. predominantly, occasionally mushrooms or ecstasy. But acid was the big, uh, the, the big uh, trip drug at the time. And before we'd go to the clubs, we'd stop by a, a video store that was in the small town we lived in called Placer TV and Video. And I, I only dropped the name because about 10 years later, I actually managed that store. Oh, and so comes it, full circle. Yeah. And um, 
what we would do when we'd rent those movies is we'd always pick up two movies because we'd be at the clubs, but they'd close at like 1, 1.30. They were underage clubs. And we'd then have to go home. And if you're doing good acid, you're going to be up 10, 12, 14 hours. You need something to fill that time. And we'd go to the video store and we'd pick up something we knew we wanted, you know, so, something that was exciting. And then we would do a uh, cover pick where we would just look for a movie that had a really amazing cover, not even read the back, just go by what was on the face of the VHS tape. Solid system. Yeah. Uh, I agree know, with it. Uh, I saw movies like Curtains because of that, which <laughs> uh, we didn't care for then, but today I, I have a soft spot in my heart. Um, but uh, Dark Forces, as it was known then, uh, we kept looking at the cover because although it was called Dark Forces, it had the uh, lead actor in his Harlequin outfit floating in the air. And, yeah. and he had makeup on that would and sell all me, the colors. For sure. And as uh, 80s makeup wearing goths, we were immediately compelled to this Bowie like makeup all over his face. And uh, there was a little sticker on it, and it had said it had won the uh, uh, Best Special Effects Award. I think maybe it was at a Canadian sci-fi festival. I don't recall what it was. The uh, Catalonian Film Festival. Thank you, Nick. Oh, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Won three awards there. This is by far the most uh, lauded movie that we've ever reviewed. Uh, winner of three awards there. Uh, nominated for four others, including a Saturn Award. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, didn't win those. Uh, in retrospect, I kind of see why. But <laughs> you were into it. Yeah, well, we so you, were. You but saw we, the sticker on the, on the case. And it's the first movie I remember ever being interested in by the fact that it had won an award. And so it's always kind of stuck in my mind because of that. But we were a little concerned. The, the cover was a little iffy. And it took us about a year to finally rent it. We kept looking at it, considering it, and putting it off. Um, the night we did rent it, we were on some just incredible acid we like to call psycho candy. It was some stuff that we had gotten a couple sheets of, so that was a whole summer of our lives. <laughs> and um, it was a tremendous film. It, I, it stuck with me my entire life. Could not remember the title of it to, to, to save my life. I mean, I, looking back, I had wanted to revisit the movie mm -hmm. as I grew into adulthood, and I couldn't find it. it. Trying to search it by what occurred in the film didn't help me. Especially uh, since you were on acid. So what were you like, searching for? Were you just like pink uh, uh, piano? Like what, no, what were well, you like searching for? <laughs> it's funny you bring up the piano because that uh, special effect isn't what caught me, but the uh, – the blue symbol that he um, manifests in the air and then slices a pigeon in half with. Yeah, I like that yeah. scene, but it was a little heavy on the symbolism, I thought. Oh, oh, God. See, guys, I had to do it. I had to do it. I mean, oh. it hurts. It, yeah. Wow. Let's all just reflect on that. I'm just going to give myself pun. a high five real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so that symbol was what? Yeah, so that was what that was one of the things I'd been searching for. Um, I mean, really, once <laughs> blue symbol. Blue, yeah, and, and worse than <laughs> that, my memory was that it was purple symbol. and purple symbol, yeah. even better. But rewatching the film, it's blue when it first pops up. But uh, it very well could have been purple to me that night. <laughs> I just I love the idea of, of Michael Garcia in the '90s 80s. going to video stores <laughs> after this happens. Oh. <laughs> going up to the stoned out dude behind the counter and saying like, hey, man, so you remember the movie where the guy produces a big purple symbol in the air and it cuts a bird in half? 
where yeah where's that one and then just being like <laughs> i don't know man but i want what you got because that's that sounds fucking awesome so okay so you so you that you focused on that and you were loving that yeah and um so uh as i got older i i just couldn't find it i track trying to track it down it took me uh up until probably a year year and a half ago to find it on youtube and it was kind of accidental that I stumbled across it. Uh, and I think the pri- principal reason... Gone now off of YouTube, by the way. Yeah, like as this of, week. As yeah, of, like yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, We'll see if we can do something about That's why that. you got to hang out with dudes like us. Yeah. We have tapes, man. That's right. We don't <laughs> yeah. have to worry about that. Uh, so Physical media. That's yes. right. Yes. When in doubt, always have a hard copy. It's actually smart. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, and so I, I think the title was part of it because Harlequin wasn't the name mm-hmm. I had uh, watched it under. And when you search it on YouTube and on Google, that's a principal name that comes yeah. up. So it's very possible I came across the movie and just moved on because the title didn't ring a bell. Yeah, it's only Dark Forces in America. It's uh, Minister's Magician in Australia, lame. And then Harlequin everywhere Wait, else. Wait, now that's Minister's Magician is the Australian title. It, it's also Harlequin, but it was the working title while I was being filmed. All the gear props and, and uh, gear stuff, staff shirts and stuff, Minister's Magician. Because it was a uh, – this is a little trivia for you guys. It was a huge bomb in Australia. It's an Australian film that bombed in Australia, but it did For pretty, reasons it of a... its own fault. But, but well, I'm we'll, not get why. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But I'm just saying it did. Out, it did okay outside of Australia. It did do good. The Aussies Australia. were like, "Fuck this." Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully, which we'll get to. In a, we'll get to. Well, in a they minute. weren't on acid. That's right. That was the problem. Yeah. Now, were you scared at all about revisiting a movie years after you had only seen it on heavy psychedelic drugs? Um, no, because uh, one of my hobbies is going back to watch movies I only saw on psychedelic drugs. So I, this it. is a, 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 a trip or, or a journey I've taken many times. Because on two sheets of Psycho Candy, Food Fight would be a fucking sweet movie. Well, we I don't weren't on to... two sheets that <laughs> night. We had, we had two sheets we ate through that entire summer. All right. Fair enough. So, okay. So you found it. You rewatched it again. Still... Was into it, still liked it, still loved it? Um, I still loved it. Uh, the, the things that stood out to me, um, the, the order they occurred was different. I thought the symbol scene, which is um, pretty deep in the end. Yeah, it's almost yeah. at the, I, I would say it's the beginning of the third act. And my recollection was it was right at the beginning of the movie. And that's probably because it was the scene that had the most impact on me. Um, okay. So, so we're talking about this the this experience that Michael had with this film and the the insanity of some of the scenes, but we're not saying what the movie actually is, and what the movie actually is. Dave knew immediately off the bat, which was what Dave? What is this movie? Uh, well, are, are you hinting at the fact that this is a movie about? Oh, uh, the Rasputin story is yes. what you're getting yeah. at. Thank you, thank you. I was like, what a movie about clowns? Because <laughs> it's kind of kind it's of kind of that. that. That's true. Um, yeah, this is a retelling of the uh, Rasputin story in modern times in a very allegorical kind of way. And you're like, well, oh, well, this is like an Australian movie, but it's not set in Australia per se, kind of, sort of. like. Well, all right, well, let's, let's, just, let's just get into that. All right, so they filmed this movie in Perth. It's a huge deal. They, they rent out local millionaire's dude's house. That's where that big crazy house that a bunch of the weird scenes are in. He lets them use their house. Uh, Perth put on the scene. This is really cool. It's only a second film ever filmed there. Then 
Post, they never mention the fact that they're in Perth, much less Australia, because according to the directors... Oh, well, it wasn't Perth, it. If, if <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're going to cut your mic, I yeah. swear to God. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the According point. to the creators... Cut you. <laughs> if... if uh, if we allude that we're in America, this will do better for international sales as opposed to just saying we're in Australia because no one wants to see a movie about us or what we do here. And so they never say it's in Australia and they don't admittedly say that it's in America. They just allude to it. And then in post, they ch- that's why they change it to senators and congressmen as opposed to representatives and everything else. But my, they my, do say minister. They do say several mi- times Prime in the minister, film. but then Prime they also minister. say senator. There's a blending of, yeah, of yeah. terms right. where I think this is an allegory. It's just, it's a movie set in modern Western civilization, and that's it. Like, I don't think this is really supposed to be grounded. They even originally, uh, he sent the original script, which was 400 pages, by the way, to uh, that, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, the the uh, American writers for the production side, and they re-edited it and changed Harlequin from originally being a Catholic priest, which would even make it more the Rasputin story. Oh. Uh, and they were like, "Oh no, they, how about they didn't want to upset the they didn't Catholic wanna... Church?" Yeah, is what I read, which is silly. Like, just make it a priest. It makes the whole movie make more sense that they would let this guy hang out with the royal family because as it stands this is just a clown that gets to hang out this is very intimately the clown at your kid's birthday party who then the next day just gets to start living there and fuck your wife like that's (laughs) that makes if it's a priest and he's hanging out every yeah, day. Yeah, if it's a priest, you get to tell all your rich friends, yeah, this is my spiritual this advisor. This is a spiritual guide, yeah, well, advisor. Well, it's just the Sopranos and the guy and his <laughs> wife. No, I, I like it being, I, I like well, it as it is. I like how you're like, well, they didn't want to rip off The Sopranos, a show that happened 35 years later. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to do their own thing. Uh, uh, no, I, I just think it, 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 it just makes it, it, it makes it pedestrian. But even even less of an allegory, it's pretty much a blow by blow story of Rasputin. He, like you said, he might as well be wearing a t shirt yeah. that says his name. Yeah, because uh, yeah. his name is Gregory. Gregory, yeah, right? Gregory. Gregory. And and then like uh, the ro- the royal family's name is Rast. And you might be thinking, hey, weird name, yeah. Czar backwards. Czar still backwards. Ah. So it just totally cements it. Well, you know, I I never put any of this together the first time I saw it, and it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, I I was a kid on drugs, but knowing it now, like the Rast thing, I didn't even put that together until you guys mentioned it tonight. And even uh, so, in the end, when they finally his spoiler alert, his body comes up in the bog, in the creek or the pond or whatever, and mm-hmm. those kids find it, and they they're the voiceovers talking about how his body was found and it turned out he had drowned, even though he'd been shot and stabbed and rolled up in a carpet and a bunch of stuff. Oh, just like Rasputin. Check this out. In UK and France, they cut that scene. So it goes from him getting shot and dropped into the creek to manifesting in the kid's face at the end and being reincarnated but not the scene where they just show him literally dying. So in UK and France, it's a totally different, because you cut that out, it's an entirely different film. It's an entirely yeah. different film to uh, zero people in France and England. Because no, yeah, no one saw that. No one doesn't matter. Movie, so it didn't, it didn't really matter. But they I have drugs in those countries. <laughs> yeah, all right. There's uh, little goth, uh, French goths out there <laughs> rolling on acid. What will I watch tonight? Ooh, Dark Forces. It's, it's one got, in the world. It's got Cat- best Catalanian... 
special yeah, effects. Miss Catalina special effects <laughs> and the and the jury prize. The people liked it. The the people's award from the uh, Stigness Film Festival. Well, why don't we attempt to just run through the plot of this movie? Okay. Okay. So well, wait, because I love the opening scene, ripped from the headlines of a decade earlier, when the prime minister goes for a dip in the ocean and disappears. And his uh, security staff uh, is just hanging out on the beach and on the cliffs and sees him and is like, oh, wait a minute. Wait. He's not coming up. We should go down there. Somebody should go down there. Are you going to go down there? I don't want to go down there. I got I got shoes on. I got a suit on. I can't go down there. And then they finally go down there. And you don't know that he, he died or disappeared because then they cut to a uh, crazy clown, creepy ass fuck clown at a... Uh, cancer-ridden kid's birthday party. Yeah, it's one of these like movie birthday parties that I don't think kids actually ever have where it's like, there's like, it's your birthday, you're six, and here's your cake and your clown. And I don't know, it's it's a weird... Um... And he's the worst clown. He's doing card tricks and miming. With a, with a blank, creepy as fuck stare. Uh, yeah, so I had just watched this movie later... Uh, in the night, having just seen the remake of It, and that was kind of an interesting thing, you know, synchronicity of, like, mm -hmm. creepy clowns. I like that remake of It, fair enough. It's like, you know, it's like a B, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah fair enough. I'm not going to, like, you know, but go, what to, didn't go to plate. But what didn't scare you But is... it made me think about what makes a clown scary. Now, I don't right? have a clown phobia, like, is pretty common, but... I think what makes a clown scary to me is not trying to be like, I'm a scary clown, I'm a demon clown which is what that remake does. This clown is way scarier. I think what makes a clown scary is just when a clown is just like a, a grown man trying to make a dollar and he's just trying to be your friend. Well, like, like, the clown in the scene is so much scarier. Well, well like when we were talking that, uh, like those people who were dressing up as clowns on closed circuit television security cams trying to scare people and then, and they were just staring, standing there, staring and beating up pumpkins. And then when someone ran at and hit them with a bat, it would be like, oh, shit, no. And you're like, oh, you're not scary. You're not scary at all. You're an idiot. And you're getting your ass kicked for being an idiot. But what's really scary is when a clown starts dancing up to you saying, <laughs> hey, kids, how's it going? And then you're like, oh, mother of God, no. Like, that's scary. Oh, yeah. That's it's, scary. It's real scary. It and this guy just kind of never blinking and saying, like, hello, boys. Do you know what eternity is? And you'd be like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Or if he's uh, grabbing you after your birthday party and saying shit like this. Like, what is that? He's just no, grabbing I, I kids and yelling how, at them? That, that's how we get ICP. Those kids grow <laughs> up. And that's how fucked. we got Juggalos. It's true. Uh, we found a, it. That's a solid theory. That Just some people theory. were on acid in the 70s and watched Harlequin and came up with, the, yeah, came, ICP. Came up with ICP. <laughs> came up with the marketing genius that is ICP. So, uh, so far we've had a vanishing prime minister into the ocean. Mm -hmm. No explanation of like, did he kill himself? Did he want to vanish? Right. Like, who did it? What the fuck is going on? Really? And then we have a birthday party. Uh, well, really right. no explanation that it's actually the prime, prime minister. minister either. It, it takes about till the second act to figure out what actually happened at the beginning. Yeah. It, it's just a mystery. And, and then we have the clown sequence at the party 
uh, where they uh, insinuate he might be magical because he pops a, a, a pretend mimed balloon. Mm-hmm. And as he does so, thunder claps and scares everybody at the party. Yeah. And then we cut to the kid recovering later that night with his uh, parents who are talking about his recovery from the leukemia or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's leukemia. leukemia. It's leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sick kid in here. Is this after he barfs up a bunch, bunch no, of this blood? No, is, this is that scene. He turns with blood <laughs> yeah. dripping out of his face, and then it cuts to probably the scariest scene in the whole film, the toothbrush covered in blood in the sink. Yeah. It's uh yeah there's some child there this is this is a movie rotten with child endangerment all over the place and and cancer imagery yeah, well, and I'm, stuff. I'm glad they finally outlawed fiberglass toothbrushes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that's that that that's probably what did it. It was that fiberglass toothbrush. But that that is that's that's the first big like almost jump scare because it's it's creepy as fuck his yeah. bald 9-year-old turning around with blood just pouring out of his mouth going, "Mommy? Yeah. What's Mommy? wrong? Mommy?" Yeah. Mommy, something's wrong. And then there's blood all of in the sink and a toothbrush. Like it's it's nuts. But then clown guy, clown from earlier. Remember the clown that uh made that lightning strike and scared everybody? Well, now he's uh, he came to the TV and he's here to uh, cure you. And it's like it didn't he he arrived um be- before that though that he came through the window in in the in his first arrival. It was that night. After the child was put to bed after brushing his teeth, uh-huh. and he rushes over, he the the mom asks if he oh, can that... help the child, and he goes over and yanks the kid out that's of bed. A... That's this covers without reason to die to rot. That's when he asks, yeah, because he's like, yeah. "Do he's... you want to die? Do you want to rot?" Yeah, and then he starts shaking him they, vigorously. If, if you have a, a little kid with cancer, you just gotta like throw him around, you like just gotta snap tough, him out of it. Yeah, you gotta tough you love know? him out of this cancer. Yeah. Like, if, yeah, you, if they had just shaken him a little more as a as a baby, it would have been fine. <laughs> we never would have had this problem. There's a weird recurring thing where this guy does nothing but threaten and harass and do violent stuff to this kid, and everyone that's supposed to be his protector just stares at it like, I don't know what to do. Well, there's what, what's going on right now. So well, yeah, let, he's got let, black but, fingernails. But, what, better, better, yeah, better step do back and let that. this happen. Like it's that's so, okay. So let, let's jump ahead a little bit because so there, there there is that scene, and then he 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 saves the kid quotes uh, because the kid starts feeling. He he does his yes seventies self help program shit. He talks him out of having cancer, and the kid starts feeling better, starts growing hair, and then he. <laughs> uh, he's become the, the the family's confidant, and he gets to take the kid to the beach with his security officer, with a Secret Service man with him. Yep. And he's telling him, like, oh, hey, kid, you know, uh, you feel better, and that's great, and that's wonderful, but you have to remember that this is all this is all psychokinetic. You have to keep telling yourself that you're better than cancer, that you mm-hmm. beat cancer, because death's always on the shoulder, and the second you slip up and start doubting yourself, he's coming for you, and then he picks the kid up. Lifts him over the edge of the cliff and he yells at him. There is the edge. Only the wind separates you from the rocks. What do you feel? And just holds the kid there. And the kid says, I feel death. And he's like, that's right. You don't ever want to feel that again, right? So just keep remembering that you're better than cancer. And then puts him back down. And security officers there the whole time just well, staring at him. What like, happens is the well, guy, the guy pulls well. his gun out. Hope he, he doesn't pulls out a service him. revolver and he's pointing it. And he goes, it's like, it's a moment where he's like, oh, my, I'm employed to protect this kid. And there's this grown man 
dangling him over a cliff, but I can't shoot him because he's holding the kid, so that would kill the kid. But then, okay, fair enough. And then the guy puts the kids back, and then there's no consequences. Yeah, you actually watch the security guard put the gun back into his holster under his coat. But can we talk about, like, that weird Branch Davidian gown he was wearing while this was going down? The costumes throughout the entire movie are an episode unto themselves because they are amazing. They're insane. Yeah. Speaking of acid, the costuming in this movie is beautiful and great. And that's probably the reason for that probably is or most definitely is because this role was literally written for David Bowie. They wrote this role. They wrote the role of Harley Quinn for David Bowie. And then he didn't say no. They got cold feet yeah, after he, after he showed interest, and were asked Powell instead to do it. Well, I never. I always see David Powell or Robert Powell. What is Robert it? Powell. They asked Robert Powell to do it, which he did an amazing job. Robert no Powell doubt. is crushing it. Well, in he, this movie. he he did an amazing job doing his best David Bowie impersonation. But I think that's sometimes that's all you need. Like remember what's that Bond movie with uh, Christopher Walken? That was supposed to be Bowie, mm. and Christopher Walken's really good in that too. I you think there's something kill. about. Yeah, I think there's something about like knowing that Bowie was gonna play your role that makes you and then bring you your A game. Step into it, and you bring your own weirdness to it. Like, yeah, you know, previous to that, uh, Powell was probably most famous for playing Jesus in the film Jesus of Nazareth, and I think this is stepping up to a bigger god. That's probably why in the trailer, like, is he the second coming of the Messiah? Yeah, it's probably yeah, just like, the, hey, it's that guy from that Jesus movie. <laughs> no, they just mean Bowie. Yeah, it just mean oh, that, they just that mean, also. Is he Major Tom? And like, <laughs> uh, so, 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 yeah. So maybe I, I actually I don't know why they let him just do this. And he does he does that shit all the time. And and side and on the side while he's saving this kid, and while he's wigging everyone out with his insanity, he's wooing the senator's wife, who is admittedly in a sham marriage. Like it's a political marriage. Uh, for for power and position. Yeah, and no judgment on her. For right, fine, this dude. He's yeah, right. fun and interesting, and he's you know super. But the natural. dialogue between the two of them is amazing. I actually wrote down some uh, dialogue from the first dinner where the um, senator, his wife, and the Harlequin are uh, sitting around the table eating. Um, Harlequin is in a full tuxedo for whatever reason. You would be at, at a formal three-person dinner, dinner right. with his black fingernails. That's the first time we see how goth he really is. Me and my friends were really like on <laughs> Team Harlequin at that point. One of us. One of us. And uh, the senator speaks, uh, speaking of the, the prime minister who mm-hmm. had disappeared to uh, uh, Gregory, and he says, so do you think he was spirited away by a UFO? To which Harlequin uh, responds, it's as plausible. It's as plausible as drowning. So, no. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it, as plausible as drowning. Yeah, you have to remember, like, how he speaks. Like, let me He's see if I can really pull up. good. Like, he makes this dumbass dialogue sound like it. it's dope. Like, yeah. He's pulling it off. I All right. It. Let, let, let me try my uh, second. Mike's my, my okay. got some more dialogue Okay. Here. You don't think it's possible <laughs> for a person to slip in and out of this dimension? <laughs> yeah, dinner conversation. Right, and okay, you have to imagine that he's doing this with uh, uh, Mr. Burns, like fingers clapped together, mm-hmm. like an evil Bond villain. With like. the, with you don't nails. imagine that people could slip in between dimensions. Now, if somebody says shit like that to me at a bar, I'm like, whatever, dude. Fine. That's a weirdo <laughs> at a bar. That's fine. But yeah, this fine. is a man in your house, you know? 
with your kid and your wife. At that point, you just go, get out of my house. Fuck well, let, nuts. let me like, see if I can. I want to pull like he's, he says this also at that same dinner. I know there are powers at work in the universe. To those higher powers, the dematerialization of a given target would be child's play. <laughs> like that's never that's name a sti- better movie in your dialogue. <laughs> that's his style of speaking through the entire film, which is uh, pretty awesome, pretty amazing. And I, I'm, I'm, I, you can't say that Bowie wouldn't have done it better because it's Bowie. But I, when I think of Harlequin, I see Robert Powell. Yeah, I, I think if we had seen Bowie in this role, we would have been seeing Bowie in a role and we would have been watching it as Bowie, not as the character. Because that seems to happen in almost every film Bowie's in. He's just larger than life. He's larger than the films he's starred in. He's the sovereign. Indeed. Right? The guilt of calamitous intent. Imagine, and speaking of that, imagine not only Bowie was supposed to be in this movie, but imagine if all the people who they had originally asked and thought to be in it were in it. So imagine this movie instead of Robert Powell and these other people. Imagine David Bowie, Marlon Brando. Let's just let's just pause you right there. Okay. Marlon Brando is supposed to be the um, Illuminati. Security? No, the Illuminati jowls guy. Okay. So there's jowls. kind of like an elite, uh, an evil, you know, Illuminati. Like I'm the power behind the throne type dude in this movie, and he was going to be. Um, him and that that's the uh, character that Harlequin or Gregory whoops refers to as the magician several times yeah. as the film uh, right. moves forward because the magic real... equals politics if you think about it it's all the flim, real flam, Jim Jam the real deceivers yeah. Yeah. So Brando's supposed to be in it, and he asked for $10,000. $10,000 a week, and a they week. were going to shoot this movie in two weeks. So, like, and then nah, they were okay. like, eh, I don't think we have that that's much right. money. So then they go to Orson Welles, Britain's own Orson Welles. You'll do our movie. Stupid Marlon Brando won't do it. And so they ask Orson Welles, and he says, oh, yeah, I'll do it for hundred and sixty grand." And they're mm-hmm. like, well, we're just not going to continue talking to you anymore. Why w- if your big <laughs> thing is budget, like, why would you go to the most like washed up assholes with huge egos that want like all of the money like and then uh, but so david bowie marlon brando orson welles mel gibson uh auditions for one of the security guys and gets it and then they tell him dude this role is too small for you You just had mad max like go do something bigger go do something else and he's like i mean i really want to do this but all right and then he goes and does road warrior so he's fine but 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 imagine that imagine that cast Mel Gibson, Orson Welles, Marlon Brando, David Bowie. It would have been amazing. In Harlequin. (laughs) I'm actually, I love, uh, I love Brando a lot. I I love late stage Brando even. Um, Like him in uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. for fuck's sake. So good. I love that movie. As I had mentioned, I didn't know about the Bowie thing until Mm -hmm. you brought it to my attention. Um, Have you ever seen his music video for Ashes to Ashes? No. He's dressed up as a Harlequin. Uh, and I think that video came out in 81 or so. so yeah, a little he, homage. He's yeah. like, yeah, I, I was down with this. I would have done this. This was good. Wow. Uh, now I'm going to have to do some costume comparisons. Ooh, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. So, okay. Oh, my God. We, we, we're, we're running out of time here. And I think we've only gone through three scenes. Uh, but what's the... What's well, this? luckily, Let's there, there some... was a montage. Oh, the there's film. a... Oh, that's the, right. A love montage. This movie is basically about a weirdo saying new agey bullshit in Mm -hmm. a very charismatic way that makes you think it means anything until you think about it. And 
when he's seducing this wife, as he said, their affair is executed in montage. So in a amazing what, like it's a, a photo montage. A photo, They're not even moving like around. Still, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a still, like it's a like Sears a, catalog <laughs> flip through montage. It's a love. J C Penney's. Come on, of J C Penney's flip through. Yeah, montage they have, of love and they picnics. Have eight months of sex in PowerPoint presentation form. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just a, stills of them in pastel colored pleated pants on a picnic, riding a horse, playing badminton. If your mom <laughs> is riding a horse with a strange man, you know what's really going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and during all this time, he keeps performing small tricks of magic. Like when he made the car's horn go off and the security guard's watch uh, explode on his wrist while he was training the kid in the back seat. Yeah. Because as the film's uh, proceeding, not only is he saving the child from cancer by talking him out of it, apparently, he's a persuasive guy, <laughs> but he's also training him in the dark arts. Right. Because you start seeing the kid practice he's with his, his uh, Chinese apprentice. checkers. Set. He's his Padawan. Well, as Mike mentioned, there's uh, this is an award-winning special effects film, and there is some dope special effects going on here. There's a part where he teaches the kids how to move around Chinese checkers, and it's right, like yeah. zipping around. It looks pretty cool. I always wondered how you played that game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the best It's way the least boring. Yeah, it's the least <laughs> boring game of Chinese checkers I've ever seen. That's for true. Sure. And then the the symbol scene we we had uh, mentioned earlier, they they have a large um, gala. That it's like a fundraiser for the senator for his upcoming prime minister campaign. And if I've learned anything from Batman fiction, nothing good happens in a fundraiser. No, never. It's always going to get crashed. Especially if you have some kind of B sharps jazz quartet. Oh uh, yeah, barbershop quartet band. Weird. That was weird. They're doing it in pork pie hats. <laughs> and and speaking of Batman, uh, um, Gregory our Harlequin shows up dressed pretty much as Catwoman. Oh, that's in right, black leather. God, you, you have if you're out. Is just, that where he's got the crazy eyebrows on fleek? Like, yeah, because that's yeah. when he gets arrested, and then he goes in. Yeah, uh, all the costumes in it are amazing. Yeah. He has he has the weird Catwoman outfit with yeah. his eyebrows tweezed out and glittered, and he has a weird Zod looking dress pantsuit <laughs> thing. Yeah, I wasn't sure in. if he was Siegfried or Roy. Roy. Yeah, I could totally see that too. Uh, he's got. Well, he's, did, you guys Harlequin didn't think outfit. he was just going for Bowie at that point? Like that to me, that was like. I mean, that's all Bowie's wardrobe. He's Bowie. like, yeah, Bowie wears that on Tuesday. That's what he's going. That's what he's going out to get coffee. Me and my friends wore that yeah. <laughs> to go get Michael. coffee. We were we were eating it up. <laughs> every every costume change because it, it it stages. It, I mean, he he builds with every costume change, and we were applauding. Uh, it, it was exciting. It, it was uh, inspirational. I, I think you you may have seen some photos of my old eighties guy. Only a days. couple. Yeah. So uh it's pretty it's pretty special. I'll give it's you all that. about the eyebrows. And and it might all go back to And this. a cane. You gotta have a cane. Oh, that's right. You, well that's just me as a Satanist. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> it's a whole different story. So there is a there is a, a fundraising right. scene. Mm -hmm. He shows up looking like a fucking uh, goofball. I don't know. Right. Like like in a great way. Like a fashionable right. an awesome, outsider. Crazy, insane way. Yeah. And, and somebody asks him if he uh, denies having anything to do with the disappearance of the prime minister, and he storms away and says, "I deny nothing." Yeah, like, <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> he's, just, he's answering questions that people weren't asking, and you're like, "What? Wait, no, that's not what I said." Did you want fries with that? And and you said, "What is reality?" Like, what? No, that's, what are you talking about? <laughs> stop it! Just stop. 
Okay. Supersize his reality. Yeah, exactly. But so he he does he does an amazing sequence at the fundraiser where he floats a piano. He takes a tumor out of an old lady and turns it into oh a carrot. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, she she kind of has a third nipple for a minute there. Yeah, he's he works uh, an abscess from her tooth into down her body, David Blaine style. He's like, you see, it's a bump now, and we can move it. And Fucking magnets, it. how do they work? Yeah, yeah magic. That's the how elbow's they work. really tricky. Yeah, yeah, and then he then he cuts it off and it turns into a carrot. Security guards beat him up. That was so weird. They uh, she he moves this abscess down her whole arm into her finger, and then he pretends to cut her finger off. And for some reason, at that exact moment, the Secret Service grabs him like, you motherfucker. Well, yeah. Well, while this was happening, uh, corresponding sequence, um, they were getting information from the girl that accused him. Oh, of mother oh, of God. Oh, Me and God. Nick have been talking about this scene. Because I don't even lot. know if we can talk. It's such an outlier. It's... It makes no sense within the context of the movie at all. Not sure who she even is. She's the maid. Let me just preface that this much. by saying 85% of this movie it's almost like the Harlequin is a trickster, bad, malevolent, scary force. Yes? Right. Do we agree? Or kind of like, like a Loki character. And then I at the end like of the a, movie, like, he's like at the end of the movie, he's like, actually, I was just trying to fucking open yeah. your mind, now, dudes. Now, see, I, I wasn't there with you. The whole mm. time I saw the movie, I- Well, uh, he didn't have the, the Rasputin original. connection, so he's just oh, watching well, I, it- Normally, like, I saw him as the hero. Yeah, yeah. He he was there to to open everybody's eyes. He he, he was he was, you know, it, it might have been easier if he would have just read everybody a copy of Jonathan Livingston Siegel, and we <laughs> could have just finished with that seventies bullshit. Yeah. But um, from the get go, we saw him as somebody who is there trying to bring everybody to the real truth. And he's opening that third eye up for everybody. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what he tells the sender he's going to do. And he's like, that's why I'm here. And I know I'm going to get killed for it because that's what happens every time, which made me think he's a demigod of some kind. Yeah. He was uh, Rasputin. Then he's Harlequin. That's why he's the kid. He keeps coming he back keeps coming to back. try to save society and humankind. From capitalism and uh, uh, wanton narcissism, I guess, cliffs. and cliffs. Got to be careful around the cliffs. Yeah, got to be careful around cliffs and Chinese checkers. Screw that. That's, none of that leads to good stuff. And so he does eventually gets killed in a, a long, really drawn-out sequence where they finally erase his face from the floor. Yeah, his face has been popping up in the floor too. As a it's stain a stain. It's so keep, amazing that they keep trying to erase and it won't go it's away. It's like a. It's this is one of his favorite tricks. Is he makes his face appear in the in the form of a stain. On you know how like Jesus's face will pop up on a piece of toast in Tennessee or whatever. It's like that. But yeah. he likes doing that with his on own a, face on a linoleum on floor, floor yeah, in like, in Perth. It's me, the, the Harlequin. Remember me? And then then he dies, and they finally or they finally mop his face off of the floor, and it's like, oh, it's over. But then. Then, after the mom and kid have run away and the senator has been woke and he gives up his dreams of being a politician, uh, they, they go to the, the mom and the kid out in the forest somewhere by some stream and like, oh, that was a crazy life experience. It's over now. I Almost I, like they're having their own montage scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, at least we have each other and we have his memory. But you have more than his memory, mom. Because the kid turns around and it's his face in his face. Well, it's not his yeah. face; it's just his makeup. Well, yeah, the kid he's turns got around the eyebrows. And, yeah, he's got the eyebrows. And in the up. white, white, he's he's all white face, and he has that weird 
glassy eye look. But, but then the but face yeah, pops up yeah. on the floor again, and you're like, oh, well, he's back. But right. it's the kid's face uh, on the floor. Yeah, it's the kid's face now because now he's back as the kid. Right. But this is that's a crazy thing because the music goes nuts, like it's it's the biggest reveal you've ever seen, and it's kind of like the end of Sleepaway Camp. Oh, that's kind of an obscure reference, but. Not to no, me. The, it's, uh, yeah, it's like that. Like whoa! But all it is is this kid has makeup on his face. So but I don't. His, his, it also showed up in a floor. He's a magic kid now because he's okay. the kid, he's the dude. That's true. He's the Harlequin. That's true. So, so can we talk a little bit about the magic that that occurs in the film? Because there is a sequence in the third act, and the third act kicks ass. Once he's been taken prisoner, beat up by by the cops at the uh, fundraiser. He gets locked up and he has to break out of jail and he goes back to attack jowls at the uh, <laughs> property. And when he's uh, coming on the property, you're seeing doors open and no one there. And then you see him float in front of the senator. Mm-hmm. And all this is happening. There's a security guard who's been locked in the in the uh, security room and he's seen it all happen on the closed circuit right. security cameras. And none of these things are actually yeah. occurring. He's just yeah. watching Harlequin walk around casually, like while people who... are reacting to him, like he's doing crazy stuff. Right, and and so it's a whole like: is he just a uh, hypnotist, a manipulator, yes, a deceiver, sort of, or when, is he I, actually I would, magic? I would interpret it as they go back and forth with the entire movie about. He like has that. control. His primary power is like over people's perceptions. Yeah, he's an illusionist yeah. more than he is a wizard or a magician. Yeah. And um, even though he does get shot at some point and he comes back from the dead and then like before the final time that he gets shot. So I don't but know. Do there we is... know he really was shot or is that the perception of exactly. those who were Well, there? this movie is all is basically saying everything might be an illusion. So it's like, I don't know. what It the could fuck be an autistic on. kid's dream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they Snowblow. dropped it at the beginning. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they dropped it at the beginning when, when you, you had mentioned earlier, he came in through the TV because the kid tells his yeah. mom. He came in through the TV, mom. And, and he tells the kid, don't believe everything you see, yeah. Alex, or whatever the kid's name yeah. is. Oh, God, there's so so much. Just go see this. Find it. See it. It's great. Can judge we just, it for yourself. Let's just uh, talk about some uh, outfits for a little bit. What's everybody's favorite It's worth it for the outfits alone. It's totally worth favorite, it. Nick, favorite outfit? Ooh. Michael? No no particular order? I, I'm well, actually – I'm going to uh, – not the Bowie outfit. I'm going to say the uh, – I call it the Zod, the Zod suit. You called it – what would you call it? Uh, Siegfried and Roy. When he, yeah, when he comes into the gala? Yeah. No, no, not the gala. When he comes into the window, and, and it's it's a charcoal, gray, solid-looking suit with mm-hmm. a cape. That one. Oh, that's my favorite yeah, one. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, uh... The Harley Quinn one had with the giant mask. I, I like it without the mask, but with it, it was, it's kind of it was a little too much. He was trying to I think when hard. he was on the beach and he's got that flowing kind of... Like I'm a cult leader. Oh, the cult leader. Yeah, yeah, the cult leader yeah. robe. Like I don't think yeah. you're allowed to. It's like wear the that. angriest polyphonic spree member. <laughs> <laughs> like, was... Yeah, and how they let him by the. I'm going to take your son out for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Towards the rocks. Outfit. And I think it's the same beach where that prime minister vanished. Like probably yeah. five days ago. Like. And when he walks away after he brings the kid back down, and they're walking back over to the uh, car, I noticed this rewatching the film last night. He's barefoot. Mm-hmm. You see his bare feet as he's he's walking away from that crag. Call leader. But I, I'm actually going with one of his more subtle outfits, the tuxedo at dinner. 
Okay. White That's a good tie, hit. really sharp tuxedo, uh, slight eyeliner, nothing mm-hmm. too yeah. big on the makeup, and the black fingernails. Black fingernails. I mean, he, he was just- Perfect. Yeah. He was he, nailing it. He, he was adult goth in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goth talk. He was that totally was, Yeah, that was it. respectful goth. That was like goth you introduced to your mom. I like that. That's a sharp look. I agree. Yeah, he but did. you don't introduce that goth to your wife. Well, no, I mean, cause... he's going to fuck your mom and your wife. Yeah, <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop him. He's the Harlequin. Or at least go on a montage with them. I don't know what happened during that montage. <laughs> uh, a lot of sandwiches uh, were eaten. It looks like it. Yeah, <laughs> so of, many picnics. <laughs> so many picnics. Uh, all that, all that schmoozing and 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 uh, illusion gets you, makes you hungry, works up an appetite. Uh, okay, so wow. All right. I, I don't think we've done a great coherent job of describing this movie A to Z, but. It's okay. We're just saying it's it's. Beautiful. I think we've captured the. I think we captured the essence of the movie. It's, very, this, it's a weird one with well, this weird, wild, wonderful one, one trip. One small fact I think captures it all. Um, for whatever reason, they pronounced the word urine urine. Urine. All right. Why did they say urine? Why are they talking about piss? Um, it's when they were for the kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. It, it was in the sequence when they were. Um, the security was providing the senator with all the false information on Harlequin. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about uh, the child uh, showing that he still had leukemia cells oh, in yeah, his urine right. yeah, yeah. test. In his urine test. Okay. Uh, no, maybe that's the way they say it in Australia. Oh, yeah. But when I said rip from the and headlines. And another urine on just, the Barbie. I'll do a, 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 a live <laughs> postscript. Uh, that, was that was terrible. That was terrible. No, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the the opening shot of the disappearing prime minister ripped from the headlines of a decade earlier was from was about Harold Holt, the Australian prime minister who disappeared in 1967 when he went oh, swimming. Okay. Nick Puente over here and he got disappeared. His pulse forever. on uh, 20th century Australian news. And they, I didn't know they what, decided I that they decided about. to use that for the beginning of the film. It was so it's like pertinent. It's like yeah, hot pertinent. Shit. Right, to the okay, time, okay. anyways, and, and it played so well worldwide. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, everyone was into that. I do remember when Harold Holt disappeared. You guys remember that? Yeah, he, everyone did old he disappear? Age, age. Old age, age. Did um, he disappear diving? Is yeah, that... he disappeared diving just oh. off the beach. That's uh, when it was a Harlequin attack. second. It was a Harlequin attack. He had a Harlequin attack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh. that's that's a good one to end on. That's that's a terrible one to end on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys, thank you so much uh, for this episode of VHS Vengeance and Michael Garcia uh, for coming in and uh, doing the companion podcast with me. And uh, of course, anytime. we're going to be doing the live show soon. Please, for the love of God, oh, what a, let us be doing the live show. What soon. a wild ride this has been. Do you guys have any? Before we go, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Uh, well, how soon is this going to drop? Uh, after the Oscars. Well, then I'm not going to plug my Oscar show, <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, look forward to uh, my new show, Forgotten Fantasies, right. where we uh, revisit movies and cartoons and TV shows from our childhood. Uh, next episode will be recorded live at the uh, Lamp in Southeast Portland on March 28th. Right, right at the Aladdin Theater. It's the bar th- for the Aladdin Theater. And the first one was really fun and really cool and packed out and people really enjoyed it. So if you're in town, you should definitely go to it. Uh, uh, if, you're in, if you're listening to this and you're in L.A., uh, end of the month, I'm, I'm here in L.A. <laughs> uh, uh, Backyard Bootlegs, uh, with Simon Gibson show. It's super fun, really cool. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Uh, also possibly on uh, March 29th. At a show, if you're in LA, you might know what I'm talking about. Look it up, and I might be there. Wink, wink. Wait, you're still gonna be in LA on March 29th? Yeah, you're gonna have to cancel that trip, man. 
Oh, what? <laughs> you're going to miss my forgotten Oh, Francis. no. Ah, crap. Uh, I'll be here for it. Don't yeah, worry. Dave will be here for yeah. it. Uh, and uh, always, uh, Films Against Humanity, uh, check us online. Check out Rotted Podcast. Chase and Adam are doing awesome things back in Austin with it, and I'm really proud of them. Uh, but that's for me. And then, Dave, what do you got? Uh, hey, if, if you're listening to this, why don't you jump on iTunes? Give us like a five-star yeah. rating. If you do, I'll bribe you by reading it on the air. So, Ooh. yeah. And the, uh, yeah, and, I think uh, I'll and, do that. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. while you're at it, go check out all the other shows at the uh, You're Gonna Be Out Podcast Network, and uh, especially the Ghost Show. That's my favorite one so far. Uh, yeah, Boo Ha Ha, hilarious. Uh, the YGM Network in general, super dope. A lot of new Bless shows Bless your heart out. Uh, always has a lot of cool f- uh, friends of ours that are on the show, too, and uh, they get really, uh, really gross. Really gross. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so fucked up. Um, (laughs) I want to do an episode of that sometime soon. Um, You got to let that stuff out, man. You got to let that stuff out of your heart. It's good. It's good for you. Uh, So, yeah, go go check out those shows and uh, check out that network and uh, check us out uh, on our next episode. And thank you and good night. Sick, dudes. You've been listening to VHS Vengeance on You Gonna Meow Podcast Network. 